Bent. Wonderful. Well, my name is Paul Hassan. I'm one of the elders uh, here at King's Community uh, Church, and it's a privilege to be here uh, with you. Um, we're, we're basically continuing a series in the Old Testament book of Joshua. So if you've got your Bibles, please do turn there. If you want to turn on your phone, then uh, feel free to uh, do that um, as well. Chapter 18, and we're in verses 1 to 3. Okay. This story is all about uh, a group of people who were prepared to settle for se- and it's best, uh, second best. Uh, Toby talked about this just then, about settling. And it's a story about settling for second best rather than pressing on to what is best for us and what God's best uh, is for us as well. And I wonder if um, being second best sounds familiar to you. I wonder if you've had seasons of life or times in your life where you think, I'm, I'm, I'm second best. I'm second best. I, um, maybe you were, never, you were never first to be picked at school. Was that the, the sort of deal? Maybe you were second or maybe you were even last. Does that sound familiar uh, to you? Maybe you were second best to a sibling. That's quite common, isn't it? You're just in this sort of sense in your head of a pecking order with your parents. Were you second best there? Were you second best in the eyes of a teacher or an employer, just always getting passed over for promotions or, uh, or, or that sort of thing? I remember at university, uh, I studied at UEA, studied computer science, and uh, there was a guy that I just made really good friends with. We worked together, sat together in, in classes, and I was always second best to him. So if I got 60, he got 65. If I got up my game, got 65, he got 70. Just every time, just second best to him. It didn't matter what I did, if I just tr- copied his work, like just tried to take work, you know, it, did, it didn't matter what I did. He just pulled out the stops and I was second best to him. It can be frustrating to be second best, but it can also leave us in a place of wanting to settle for second best where we just give up. We just think, well, I'm just second best. That's my lot in life. That's who I am, second best. So let's get into the the story. The the context we're in here in chapter 18 is that the Israelites who are the people of God, they have gone into the promised land. They've driven out the Canaanites. And really before them is a whole land which is to be allotted amongst the tribes of Israel. There's 12 tribes of Israel and they're all going to get a piece of land and God wants them to take a hold of that land. So, chapter 18, verse 1. We'll read a couple of verses to start with. It says that the whole assembly of the Israelites gathered at Shiloh and set up the tent of meeting there. The country was brought under their control, so they'd gone in and conquered But there were still seven Israelite tribes who had not yet received their inheritance. So we're in the middle of this land being distributed to the tribes uh, of Israel. The land had been subdued. They'd been victorious. And five tribes, so the tribes of Reuben, Gad, Judah, Ephraim, and Manasseh, they had gone on to take their inheritance. They'd been very proactive forward-looking, just cracking on with it, taking the land that had been promised them. But the remaining tribes of Israel, 
Benjamin, Simeon, Zebulun, Issachar, Asher, Naphtali, and Dan. They had not stepped forward to take their inheritance. So hopefully it's not too soon to talk about penalty shootouts, uh, but essentially you had five willing penalty takers. They'd stepped forward, look, I'm, I'm up for this, I'm going to bury it, I'm going to crack on. And you had the rest of the team just unwilling, just saying, no, boss, like, please don't pick me. I'm not up for this. Like, let's just settle. Let's go home. Let's get in the changing room. Like, I'm not up for this. The whole nation has gathered together. This would have been a huge time of, of gathering together as a nation. And I wonder if the remaining seven tribes might have felt a little bit awkward about being there. You've got these five tribes that have cracked on and seven tribes that haven't. And Joshua takes the opportunity in verse 3 uh, to address it. He says to the Israelites, How long will you wait before you begin to take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has given you. How long will you wait? Joshua goes straight for the sucker punch for them. He's not holding anything back. After driving out the Canaanites, Joshua is not happy. He's the leader, okay? He's the leader. He's the one that God has called to lead the Israelites into the promised land. And the job is not done. And he's not happy with the tribes that are unwilling to take hold of all that God has for them. They are settling for second best. And Joshua is not happy with second best. He wants the best for them. The reality is that the inheritance, the land, the land flowing with milk and honey was right in front of these Israelite tribes. The Amazon River in, that flows through uh, South America, it's the largest river in the world. The mouth of it is 90 miles wide. So that's 6,300 football pitches long. That is a long, long distance. There's enough water, fresh water, drinking water, to exceed the combined flow of the Yangtze, Mississippi, and the Nile rivers combined. The scale of this river is huge. So much water comes from the Amazon that its currents can be detected 200 miles out into the Atlantic Ocean. Now, one irony of uh, ancient uh, navigation is that sailors in this area used to die for, from a lack of water. They used to die from thirst. Sometimes other ships from South America who knew the area very well would come alongside and call out, what's, what's your problem? And they would exclaim, can you please spare us some water? We need some water. Our sailors are dying of thirst. And from the other ship would come the cry, just lower your buckets. You are in the mouth of the mighty Amazon River. It was right in front of them, right there. This is where the Israelites find themselves. It's right there for the taking. They just need to take it. It's the same for every single one of us. Our inheritance, our victorious life in Christ. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you've given your life to him, if you've said, look, I trust you, Jesus, that you, at the cross you died for me, that you've given me life then actually there's a victorious life in Christ waiting for us. 
It's like having a birthday cake, your birthday cake right in front of you. Who's had a birthday recently, last, last month or so? Toby, I know my, my son has, Seth, haven't you? Just birthday cake right in front of you. You can look at it, you can show it to other people, but until you dive in and eat it, you just get involved in it, you're not going to enjoy it. You're not going to enjoy the benefits of it. Okay, it's just there. That's our victorious inheritance in Christ. God wants the best for us. Whether you'd call yourself a follower of Jesus or not, he wants the best for you. And it is life in Christ where we find that best. So how could we take greater hold of it? Well, firstly, don't settle for second best. God has more for you. For the Israelites here, the, um, the, the first enthusiasm had worn off. They foresaw the difficulties ahead. They did have to go into the bits of land that they had. There would have been outliers, other you know, enemies that they hadn't fully driven out. There would have still been a bit of work to do. And they were hesitant to go forward, prepared to settle back. They were thinking, actually, we've come quite far. This is better than where we were. In, they were previously in the wilderness. It's better than where we were. We're, but actually, this is good. It's, I'm, I'm fine with this. I'm going to settle here. And it's similar in the Christian life. I don't know if you can relate to this. Maybe you can relate to this right now or in seasons of your life. That as that, that enthusiasm for Jesus wanes, you find yourself settling in your Christian life, in your relationship with Jesus. You might think, yeah, this is enough. I'm happy with this. I know Jesus. I love Jesus. I'm, you know, I, I'm, but I'm happy where I am. I'm not going to pursue him any further. It might be because of temptation that comes into your, your life and you get drawn away into other things. It might be because of, of battles, spiritual battles or personal battles in your life that you just think, actually, this, is, this following Jesus is just too hard. And you settle back. It might be that, that someone, uh, maybe at work or maybe uh, earlier on in life, maybe at school or something, maybe they mock you for being a Christian. Maybe they, you know, they can't believe that you've got certain views about things, about gender, about sexuality, about identity, and they, they, they mock you or they distance themselves from you, and maybe you settle in your heart to not reach out to them, to not love them, to not share Jesus with them. Or maybe you see the attack on, on Christians in the media, and you just resign yourself in your heart to, to step back, to not be public about your beliefs and what you hold to very dearly. Maybe you settle, you might feel settled in, in finances. Maybe you give really faithfully to, to church and uh, to God's purposes on this earth. But you just, maybe it's been a while since you reviewed that and, and went to God and just prayed and said, God, do you want me to step out any further in faith? Have you got any other adventures for me in this area? There are many areas that we can find ourselves settling for. It might be attitudes towards our self-image, not believing that God has better for us. Getting involved in a relationship with someone who doesn't love and follow Jesus like you do. 
It might be settling, believing that you'll never be free from anxiety or depression or stress. Where are you settling at the moment? I wonder where you have accepted second best. If we look at Jesus for a minute, Jesus could have accepted second best. Jesus could have accepted second best. When he was, uh, uh, when he was on earth, he, it, like, he could have settled. He had a good job. He was a carpenter following in the, the steps of his father. He could have followed on in the family business. And yet, he, uh, what did he do? He, he gave up all of that. He became a traveling preacher being dependent upon other men and women to, to finance his ministry. He didn't settle. He pressed on to what God had for him. En route to the cross, the final days of his life, he experienced great rejection, huge amount of brokenness and pain and sadness and loss. And in the face of that, you could have, you could have understood if he had have just settled back Maybe gone, this is just too hard. I'm going to go back to my family, back to the family business. I'm just going to settle back in to a normal life. And yet he didn't settle. He pressed on despite the, the pain of it, despite the challenge of it, despite what was before him at the cross, he pressed on. With the Father's help and the Holy Spirit's power, he went to the cross. And at the cross, he took our second best. He took our failings, where we've settled for things that are not good and are not godly, that are not the best that God has for us. He took it at the cross. He bore that at the cross. He bore our sin, our shame, our brokenness. He took the punishment that we deserved for that, all that he might give us his best. His relationship, life in him, that we might be friends of God. He gives us his best. And that best is on offer for all of us. Whether you wouldn't call yourself a Christian today or whether you've just found yourself settling in certain areas. He wants to draw you in. He wants to be your friend. He wants to give you his best. And that is on offer for you today. God says, just believe. Believe and follow Repent and believe. Know me. So God has more for us. We must heed the words of Joshua uh, here in chapter 18. Verse 3. How long will you wait before you begin to take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has given you? He's, he's saying, come on, take possession of it. Don't settle. Pursue God's best for you. Take hold of it. So that's the first thing. How can we take a greater hold of it? Well, let's not settle. Let's not be Christians, those who follow Jesus, who settle for second best. God has more for us. And secondly, Let's press on for the best. 
Don't settle. That's a negative way, I guess, of putting it. A more positive way of putting it is to press on for the best. To take hold of it by faith. We can press on firstly by resolving to resist settling and to take positive steps to take hold of God's best in our life. There's a verse in in Philippians uh, chapter 3, verse 14, and it says this, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. God's desire for us is to be a people who press on towards all that God has for us in Christ Jesus. If anyone had reason to settle, it was Paul. He's the author of the the book of Philippians. And it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, where he's describing some of the challenges that he faces. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses Uh, 8 to 10, it says, uh, he's describing his current experience. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may be also revealed in our body. Paul had reason to settle, just like Jesus did. When hardships came, he could have settled. And yet he said, no, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Let me encourage you today as God is encouraging us to be a people who press on towards all that God has for us. A martyr, a guy who died for his Christian faith, Jim Elliot, he went to Ecuador to try and reach a a tribe, really, who uh, they had no idea of of Christianity, no idea of Jesus, but he wanted to reach out to them with the gospel. And he's uh, famous for saying that he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He's no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. This is what it looks like to press on, to take hold of of actually the things that we can never lose and to set aside the things that we we cannot take with us into, into eternal life, the things that we'll lose when we die. He goes on to say that the will of God is always a bigger thing than we bargain for. But we must believe that whatever it involves, it is good, it's acceptable, And it's perfect. So maybe just a a few examples just to help us root it and apply it. But I'm sure that you've been thinking of areas of your life already just where you feel like, actually, God, yeah, I have settled here. I do want to press on in this area. I do need your help in this area. I wonder if uh, maybe in your relationships you... Uh, you've been settling for second best. Maybe in your marriages, maybe if you're married, you've settled for second best. Maybe you just feel a sense of actually, this is good enough. Maybe things have been tough, but you just think, actually, I'm, no, I'm happy settling here. 
It's, too, it's almost too hard of work to, to pursue the other person again for reconciliation, to pursue God for the best in my marriage. Well, let me encourage you to take hold of God's promises in that. God would say that he works all things together for the good of those who love him. That means that even in the heartache, in the pain and the brokenness of our broken relationships, that God actually has better for us in those things, that God has reconciliation and redemption in those areas, that actually as we move towards the other person in love and kindness and patience and humility and repentance, that actually God will bring life to those relationships. Whether that's a spouse, whether that's a friend, whether that's a family member, that God has better for you. In Romans, the Apostle Paul encourages us to, where possible, where it depends upon us to live peaceably with those around us. That means to humble ourselves and to say, look, I'm sorry for what I've done. I'm sorry for, for how I've treated you. To repent and move towards the other person in love and kindness. Maybe you've settled, just thinking more generally, for in your relationship with God. Let me encourage you with a couple of promises. And actually, just as people shared, we've, we've heard a lot about this, just of God drawing near to us as we draw near to him. That is the promise of God, that God is not far from any single one of us. And that as we draw near to God, as we come to him, as we say, God, I need you. I want you. I love you. That God draws near to us. There's the wonderful promises that God has adopted us as his children. That's a wonderful promise to take hold of if you're, if you're doubting your relationship with God. If you're thinking, no, I'm happy settling here. I'm happy with, with how it is. You don't really want to press on because you're not sure if you're going to experience rejection from God. Or, or well, what if I step out, but actually he's not near and he doesn't prove himself to be near in, in my experience. Take hold of the promise that he has adopted you as a son or as a daughter of God that he loves you and he chose you and he wants a close, intimate relationship with you, with you and that he's done everything required to make it possible. He died on the cross to make you a friend of God. I just want to finish by saying and, and drawing out really from Joshua 18 that, that actually we press on together that as brothers and sisters in Christ, we are not alone as we press on. So as you think about those things where you're like, actually, I could settle in this area. And I, or maybe I feel like, oh, actually, I'm just really struggling in this area, but I would love to press on. But I don't feel like I've got the, the resources or the energy or the, the faith even to press on in that area. For these seven tribes, as they pressed on into new lands, into the lands that God had promised them. Maybe there would be enemies and outliers and people that they might be afraid of and not want to drive out. 
actually they had loads of other tribes of Israel, their brothers and sisters in God that they could call upon. Uh, they're just their beck and call to say, look, we need some help. <laughs> Can you help us drive these people out? And for us as Christians, as brothers and sisters in Christ today, we have one another. We have the support and the protection of one another. That we can call upon one another, can't we? A phone call, or we can meet up for a, a drink, or we can gather together on a Sunday or in life groups during the week, and, and we can receive encouragement from one another. This is the family of God, and it's the richest of all relationships that we can ever experience. It's, it's, it's the, the family of God, as our, God as our father, but as our brothers and sisters. And we love and support one another. As one person is struggling, actually, we come alongside that person to help them along. So let me encourage you, as you, as you do think about these things that, you know, I'd love to press on in this. Make sure you get others alongside you to help you, encourage you, spur you on, point you to Jesus. It makes all the difference. Okay, let's stand. Johnny and Sarah, if you can come. We're going we're gonna to respond. It's all, we always love to take time after we've heard from God's word to, to respond. God actually says that actually it's not good enough just to hear God's word, but we actually have to, to, to do something about it. We actually have to take it on board. We actually have to live in the good of it for it to have any benefit to us. So it's good to respond. It's good to take time to search our hearts and go, God, what are you doing here? What are you doing in my life? What, maybe what are you doing in the lives of those around me? How can I maybe bless someone else and encourage them in this? So let's take time to do that. Um, Johnny and Sarah are going to lead us in a song. Sing along, obviously, but, but do take time to pray and seek God. I'm going to pray. God, we thank you so much that we are, we are loved by you, that you do have far more, Lord, in store for us than we could possibly ever believe or ask or imagine. Lord, and we do want to walk in that, Lord, as, as individuals, as well as, as a church, Lord, we want to walk into the, the wonderful good works that you have for us. We don't want to settle for second best. We want to press on to life and life in all of its fullness. And we pray that you'd help us, help us individually, help us as a church. I pray you'd be putting things in our hearts, dropping things in our minds, Lord, things that you want to, us to, to step into, to step out into faith, in faith into. Father, we need your help. Maybe you guys could, could just, Jolly, if you could just strum along, it'd be just, um, <laughs> could you not strum without a stand? <laughs> There you go. Um, just feel a sense that actually there's, there's maybe one or more uh, people here who have just experienced um, disappointment in the past. Where you've, you, you, have, you have stepped out, you've, you've, you have pursued God and 
and but but your experiences have been one of actually feeling like God has, has stepped away from you that God hasn't been near and and I know that God would want to heal that in you today I know that God would want to settle in your heart that he is near that he's never the one who disappoints That if anyone is going to prove themselves to be faithful around you in your life, it's going to be God. And it is God. Let me just encourage you to bring that hurt, that disappointment to God. Maybe with tears, but, or maybe just openly and honestly, just say to God, Lord, I'm sorry for that. I want you. I want to know you. I want all that you have for me. Bring that disappointment, that hurt to him. Maybe afterwards, share it maybe with someone else. Get someone to pray for you and encourage you as well. Jesus has good things for us. Amen.